Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Hello, today is Friday, June the 8th. Hope that you are doing well. Let's go and open our Bibles to Matthew chapter number 9, and we're going to be looking at verses 18 through 38 today, talking about the shepherd of the sheep. Let's go ahead and read our text, then we'll open in a word of prayer and get right to it. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. And the fame thereof went abroad into all the land. And when Jesus parted thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said unto him, Yea, Lord. And then he touched their eyes, saying, According... Uh, to your faith be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all the country. And they went out. Behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with the devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He casteth out devils through the prince of devils. And Jesus went about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, Well, I just lost my place. Yeah, unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Heavenly Father, we do come before you this morning. ask that you bless our time together, the opening, the reading of your word. Father, I pray that you'd open our ears to hear and our eyes to see and our hearts to understand the things that you have for us today. Lord God, I pray that you would meet the needs that are represented uh, to each and every listener. And that, Father, your will would be done in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now here, Israel is depicted as a flock with no shepherd because their past shepherds had scattered them. Now remember, this is a Jewish Messiah coming to a Jewish people to proclaim a Jewish kingdom, which was not established. Uh, It will be established at his second coming. The first kingdom was rejected and therefore the gospel went to the Gentiles and that would be you and me. So Israel is depicted as the flock that has no shepherd according to verse number 36 because past shepherds had scattered them. Uh, The Bible says 
in Ezekiel chapter number 34, verses 1 through 6, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Ye eat the fat, and ye clothe ye with wool. You kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. The diseased have yet ye not strengthened, neither have ye healed that which was sick, neither have ye bound up that which was broken, neither have ye brought again that which was driven away, neither have ye sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty have you ruled them. And they were scattered, because there is no shepherd. They became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search or seek after them. So Jesus is saying, I am the shepherd. I am the great shepherd. I am the shepherd of the sheep. Thus, he was pointing out they needed a shepherd who would regather them and care for them. And he was presenting himself as that shepherd. And now he begins to perform miracles to show that he was not only willing, but able to be that shepherd. So in verses 18 through 19, he shows them that he could protect them, unlike previous shepherds, by defeating death and healing them. And he does this by raising Jairus's daughter from the death. He demonstrates to them that he can defeat death. In John chapter 11, verse number 25, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Paul even said in 1 Corinthians 15, 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So he was demonstrating to Israel that had no shepherd, that he was come to be their shepherd. He would be the one that would regather them, protect them. And he would do it by demonstrating that he could defeat death. In verse number 18, we also see his deity displayed. And bear in mind, we, embr we embrace what's called the deity of Christ. And what that means is he is God. That's what the incarnation is. When we celebrate the incarnation during the Christmas season, it is God poured into flesh. And we see his deity displayed because he allowed the man to worship him. In verse number 18, notice what the scripture says. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter. So here we see the deity of Christ on display. Now, this would have been blasphemy had Jesus not been God. And we see examples of this in the Bible. For example, in the book of Acts, in chapter number 10, in verse number 25, uh, we see as he, Peter, was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him, just like this man did to Jesus. But, verse number 26, Peter took him up and said, stand up. I myself am also a man. We also see it with John in the book of the Revelation. In Revelation chapter number 22 
and verse number eight. And I, John, saw these things and I heard them. And when I heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, see thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren, the prophets and of them, which keeps the sayings of this book, worship God, not me. So we see the deity of Christ on full display here as the presented shepherd of Israel. You know, on another note, notice that this man wanted Jesus to come and lay his hands upon his daughter. Jairus said, I want you to come and lay your hands upon my daughter that she might be healed. Now, that's totally the opposite of the centurion that we read about in the previous chapter, who only wanted him to speak a word. For I'm a man like you. I say to this one, go, and he goes. And I say to this one, come, he comes. You know, I don't see anything different here, except that the Lord made us all different. Jairus was different than the centurion. For the centurion, he was content for Jesus to speak a word. And Jesus spoke a word, and his daughter was healed that self-same hour. But here, Jairus, totally different person, totally different background, said, if you would but come, and touch her. You know, I'm reminded of Ezra and Nehemiah, uh, two obviously gifted, called men of God, but they had very different ways of responding to things, yet both empowered by God. For example, in Ezra chapter number eight and verse number 22, it says, verse number 21, then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might afflict ourselves before our God to seek him a right way for us and for our little ones and for all of our substance. For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way because we had spoken unto the king and we told him the hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him, but his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. So we fasted and we sought God for this. And he was entreated of us. See, that's how Ezra did it. I mean, Ezra was ashamed to ask for the king to provide protection along the way. He was afraid that it would demean the very God that they claimed to be so great. But yet we go over to Nehemiah, who was a contemporary of of, of Ezra. And in chapter two and verse number nine, then I came to the governors beyond the river and I gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. Ezra didn't want the help of the king's men. Nehemiah did. Was any more or less spiritual than the other? No, they were just different men. Another example of that is found in Ezra, Ezra in chapter number 10. In Ezra chapter number 10, uh, Ezra had prayed, and when he had confessed, weeping and casting himself down before the house of the Lord, there assembled up unto him out of Israel a very great congregation of men and women and children, for they were all weeping very sore. And Shechaniah, the son of Jehiel, one of the sons of Elam, answered and said in Ezra, We have trespassed against our God. We have taken strange wives of the people of the land. Yet now there is hope in Israel concerning this thing. Now, therefore, let us make a covenant with our God and put away all these wives as and such as are born of them, according to the counsel of my Lord and those that tremble at the commandment of our God and let it be done according to the law. And the Bible talks about how 
that Ezra rose up before the house of God, and he went into the chamber of Johanan, the son of Eliashib. And when he came thither, he ate no bread, he drank no water, he mourned because of the transgressions of them that had been carried away. And they made a proclamation throughout Judah and Jerusalem unto all the children of the captivity that they should gather themselves together unto Jerusalem. And they all came and they stood and they made confession unto the Lord God of your fathers and do his pleasure and separate yourselves from the people of this land. And the people did it. They said, we must do what thou hast said. Now that's the way Ezra dealt with the intermarrying of the children of Israel with the people of the land. Now, when we go over to Nehemiah, his response to the same situation was totally different. In Nehemiah chapter 13, in verse number 23, listen to how this guy responded. In those days, I saw Jews that had married wives of Ashdod, of Ammon, and of Moab, and their children spake half in the speech of Ashdod, and could not speak in the Jews' language, but according to the language of each people. And I contended with them. Now, we don't see any fasting going on here. I contended with them. I cursed them. I smote certain of them. I plucked off their hair. I made them swear by God, saying, You will not give your daughters unto their sons, nor take their daughters unto your sons for yourselves. Now, both of these guys were filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Both of them were men of God, but they were different in the way God just built them to deal with leadership. So I don't fault Jairus for saying, if you would but come and touch her, she'll be healed. I don't think he, he was any less spiritual necessarily than the centurion who said, if you will but speak the word. I know that everything will be taken care of. God's made us different. We're all different. And God still uses us. Thank God for that, huh? Well, listen, God bless you guys. Remember that God loves you. He wants the best for you. And he wants, he's working all things out for your good. Have a great day.